so we uh, we fundraise a lot and uh we we've done a really good job of being able to raise money um a lot of people you know a lot of, even our admin and people on campus they're like well where, where how'd you already spend ten thousand dollars i go well we just spent ten thousand in, in dirt those kids and those classes that built the foundation that's you know i never let let that be forgotten so because they're they're such a big part of our success Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the High School Coaches Club. I'm your host, Max Price. It's another great day to learn together, and I think it's so awesome that you've decided to join me. If it's your first time, I hope you stay a while. Thanks for being here. And if you're a regular, sheesh, I can't thank you enough for sticking around with me for so long. And a huge thank you, of course, to Will Miner and the gang over Netting Pros for sponsoring the High School Coaches Club. If you need any facility improvements, make Netting Pros your first call. Not only will they help you design it, but they'll do it all custom for you from the fabrication to the installation. They've got you covered for netting, digital graphic wall padding, turf, turf protectors, cubbies, windscreen, ball carts, you name it, they've got it. They crush the baseball and softball world on a daily basis, but they also get after it in football, soccer, lacrosse, track and field, golf courses, and just about any sport you can think of. They're truly making facilities better all across America, providing high-quality products and services for fields, facilities, courses, and stadiums throughout the country, not only at the high school level, but for recreational, collegiate, and professional sports as well. You can contact them today by calling 844-620-2707, emailing info at nettingpros.com, visiting their website, nettingpros.com, or by checking them out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Netting Pros. They're improving programs one facility at a time. In this episode, I'm joined by the head baseball coach at Mountain View High School in Bend, Oregon, Ryan Johnson. He took over a struggling program and over the course of these past seven years has used a huge community effort to help lift them up into greatness. I've had the pleasure of coaching against him for a few years now, and it's been a thrill to watch the competitiveness and drive his entire program possesses, even though they did beat us twice in a doubleheader this past spring. From only about 25 guys trying out in year one to nearly 60 in 2022, the sky's the limit for both the Mountain View program and Ryan Johnson. So let's do it. Let's dive in. It's episode 75 with Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, thanks for coming on with me. Thanks for having me, Max. I wanted to start here because this is one of the most frustrating days I've had as a coach, and it was just this past spring. <laughs> we went to your place, uh, which is an awesome place to, to play baseball, and uh, we I, I had to look the stats up today because I wanted to see what the number is. I've never had the heart to look it up. Uh, we threw in a double header. We lost you guys 11-1 to and 8-1. to We threw 248 pitches, and you were players across two games and basically 250 pitches swung and missed 11 times, which is like a third of what our normal yearly like swing and miss percentages were that year. And so then I email you, you know, like a week or so later and I'm like, Hey man, what do you guys do to work on two strike approaches? Cause you guys are unreal. And your response was actually, we've been really bad at it all year. We were just really good against you guys. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah. I remember that game. Um, we, we preach it a lot too in practices and just trying to the, the motto two for you, one for us. Um, and just trying to simplify everything with two strikes, just putting the ball on the ground or in play because, you know, you know, high school, high school fielding is, is a lot different once you get to the <laughs> next level. So we just try to preach, just put the ball in play. Um, you know, the two first two strikes are for you guys. And, but that last one just grinded out for, us, especially with the pitch count that we have. Um, it just, every single pitch, uh, just eats away at some of these pitch counts. And if you can just find a way to foul ball off or um, not chase out of the zone, um, you know, you can, you can eat at some innings for some of these kids and, and right back at it us too, you know, other teams doing it to us, but no, that was, that was one of our better days because we had been frustrating with uh, the strikeouts leading up to that point, but no, we we're, we we're finally on that day and things just happened to go our way. Yeah, no kidding. It was. I remember our pitching coach being so frustrated to the point where eventually he just stopped charting pitches near the end of it because he's like, "This is ridiculous." Because we'd get like 0-2, and then we, you know, guy would foul off like four pitches and eleven pitch at bat, and then he walks. And you're just like, "What are we?" Or, or even more frustrating, he'd get to that point and then hit a double, and you're like, "What?" Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, no, it was a it was a special uh, group. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like your your 2019 group. We didn't 
go yeah. as far into the playoffs as you guys, but it was a, it was a great group of kids. They were really close. Um, we had nine seniors, so it's going to be a lot different look this year, but it was, it was a great group of kids last year and, and a fun ride and just trying to maximize, um, what, what, what we did last year was success. So it's been, it's been, it's been a long time coming though. A lot of work just to get to that point. Yeah, it has been. And I will get into a lot of that. It's, it's been a cool kind of thing from afar to watch it grow from where it started to where it is now. Uh, but just looking at you, uh, what was your high school athletic experience like? When I was in high school, it was kind of baseball was always the thing. Like I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, but I, I did some basketball, did, uh, I did some swimming, just trying to improve the arm strength, um, did golf on the side. Always. I love the free golf. Cause that was in the golf for us was in the fall, uh, mm. here in Oregon, it's in the spring, but so I was able to do that. But, um, so I did things on the side, but baseball was kind of my thing. I knew I wanted to try to go as far as I could with that and, and just be, be coachable. And, and, uh, so that was kind of my my history uh played played up in grew up in longview washington playing at mark morris high school so from there went to um i was lucky enough to go play some college ball freshman year i went to college of southern idaho which is probably the most talented team i ever played for um uh and just it, it was an awesome experience but ended up coming back home to lower columbia college there in longview which almost shares the same campus as my high school and, uh, another great program really known for pitching and defense. Yeah. Um, so went there and then, then after my, uh, final year there, was able to go to Sonoma state and kind of finish my degree and finish my playing playing career. So it was, it was a fun ride. You got to go enjoy good weather. I assume <laughs> down in California and see the sun probably during, during the baseball season there. Yeah, there in Runner Park, it was it was good. Um, it, it's we still had our rainouts and stuff like that. It would get cold, but you're. I know my my parents were extremely happy I chose there because it's right in the heart of uh, wine country. So, but <laughs> it, it was an awesome time. Just a little bit different philosophy there, where you know you got 120 kids trying out, and uh, so it's you're you you better put in the effort and do this stuff on the side. Uh, trying to trying to make that program, so it was definitely intimidating in that aspect. But um, you put in the hard work, and you know, hope for the success. I remember there's a it reminded me of a there's a JUCO program kind of near here who, uh, in one of their previous coaches, used to try to get as many players as possible to try out. Uh, because in the fall during tryouts, you know, during like the full fall season, they would do the orange sales and he tried to sell <laughs> as many oranges before he cut you. So try to get as much money extracted from you and all the people, you know, before he'd cut you. <laughs> it was kind of brutal, cool. but also I get it. <laughs> we did the orange sale at Lower Columbia and then at Sonoma State, we had a, you know, we had 120 kids in the fall and it was, he kept all those, all of us just so we can go work the Cal games for the, for the weekends and kind of <laughs> do parking lot, do security just all that little stuff so they, they know what they're doing bringing in as much money as they possibly can and then once winter hits they'll kind of start cutting people so <laughs> yeah no kidding so you at what point did you know that you wanted to coach did, did you kind of know that when you were playing or is it something that came along afterwards i i knew that i'd always be you know baseball would be kind of part of my life and i would always want to go into coaching when i was in high school i did a lot of uh I had to do a lot of my own recruiting, um, kind of on my own, obviously the, the baseball world is a lot different than, you know, the early two thousands when we were there with social media and mm -hmm. just the connections that, that we all have now. But I knew, I knew then that I wanted, I was going to eventually be in coaching. Uh, I, I knew I was never, I was never the best player, never the strongest, never the fastest, just, I, I knew my role and, uh, I knew I was, it was going to come to an end sooner than later. So, I was, always, I was in just being blessed to be coached by just great coaches and a lot of different philosophies, different personalities. And so I kind of, I was just kind of a sponge always as a player and, and taking everything in and asking questions and, and just wanting to learn and then kind of implement as I, as I've grown as a coach and kind of implement that stuff and kind of fit it with my personality and how I, how I can do things and be successful. So it's been a fun ride. I'm, I'm always learning. It's, it's always, uh, 
you know, there's, as soon as you think you have something figured out, you don't, um, these kids are, you know, they're always different personalities and just trying to blend them into the best team you can possibly be. Like I said, this year is going to be way different than last year and, and that's okay. And I'm looking forward to the challenge and, um, just kind of putting the pieces together and completing that puzzle. So you finished uh, playing at Sonoma State. You end up going and uh, coaching in California, right, at Mission Hills uh, for a number of years. Uh, mentioned that you won the D2 CF title. So that's kind of a cool experience for you. Um, what led you then from there to, to Mountain View? Like what was that? What was the draw? Why did you leave that program? Why did you come here? And how did you end up, of all places, not that it's a bad place, it's one of the best places in the world, uh, in Bend, Oregon? Yeah. So Mission Hills was, that was an awesome learning experience. Uh, I was down there. It's where I got my uh, teaching started. Um, actually coaching down at Mission Hills was, I was like, I'm, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing school. I'm done with school. I'm burnt out. Um, having a, just after a few years of coaching down there, I'm like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. Just the small impact that, um, these kids have had on me and seeing them grow, uh, and, from, you know, 14 year olds into kind of adults. Um, I'm like, all right, maybe I can do this teaching thing. So I got my teaching credential down there, uh, coached at mission Hills for five years. It was, we were lucky enough to, to win a CIF title. Um, uh, that was, that was just a fun ride. We, we were that year. I think we were, uh, what were we 12 and 12 and 13 or something like that going into playoffs. And <laughs> we just happy to get lucky and just caught, got hot. Uh, beat some really good teams, ended up winning the CIF title down there for D2, um, which is equivalent to R5A here in Oregon. Mm -hmm. But um, so D1's the, the, the big dogs down there, but uh, and just learned a ton from from our coach there. And we had an amazing staff and the head coach there is like, you know, the, it wasn't me that won this thing. It's just the staff we had. I was the only one that didn't play, play in the minor leagues. So <laughs> it was a it was, it was a fun group. Um, and then ended up having our, uh, we had twin boys. So from there it was, oh man, we, we have no help down there. Um, my parents moved to, from Longview, Washington to, to Bend, Oregon early in the two, early two thousands. And we, we vacationed here going to Sun River. And, and then once they moved here, you know, we came here quite a bit and we knew we loved it. Uh, and we, we my wife and I, we talked, we're like, okay, we, pretty sure we can't do the the west side of the cascade mountain range anymore with the rain and the the winters there hmm. but just uh you know we get about 300 days of sun here in central oregon so it's it is a special place so when we had when it came time it was it was an extremely hard decision because all of our best friends were down there they all had kids we had our roots planted down there and uh so it definitely wasn't easy but being bend oregon it was you know we we knew we could we could survive here and live here and and uh and, and grow a family here. So, so we made the jump. We, we, um, came up here, came North. And when I first got here, kind of got into the subbing and just trying to get my foot in the door with the, the district. And I sent my, uh, sent resume out to the three ADs. Only one responded and, uh, um, met up with the coach and kind of got him my foot in the door in 2016 at Mountain View. And, uh, took over as the, I was a JV coach that year. He, so he was kind of complete on the varsity staff. And, uh, and then once he left the following year, 2000, or he left after that 2016 is kind of when I took over and ended up being the fifth head coach in seven years. And so it was, uh, Mount View was, they were in survival mode at that time. Yeah. And I, when I got done with my, uh, teaching credentials i there's it was back in 2012 i guess it was when i finished and we had a uh, in oregon at the time it was kind of weird there it's hard to believe now because we have such a shortage of teachers but back then there were so many that there was like no job openings i couldn't find anywhere to work I ended up selling furniture at a furniture store for a few months and ended up getting my first teaching job at saint francis school teaching uh middle school uh social studies which was right across the street basically from mountain view high school and uh, somehow I never, never set foot on at Mountain View's campus until, gosh, it would have been, I guess, that 2019 season when we um, borrowed your field to play against Summit High School. And I remember when I got up there, I was like, this is probably one of the coolest 
like high school baseball settings there is. You're like kind of up on a little bluff. Uh, mm-hmm. It overlooks kind of the track and the football field. Um, got a hitting facility up there now. And uh, the, the field is really cool. The, the scoreboard's amazing. Uh, it's just a really neat environment to play baseball. It is. And that, that's that's funny you say the St. Francis because it's literally right across the street from us. And yeah. just how it's kind of come full circle. But no, it's been... We're, I always kind of say we're out of sight, out of mind up there. Um, yeah. So it's a good hangout spot for some of these kids to go up there and create a little mischief during the school day. So I'm always <laughs> up there kind of peeking my head up there, making sure everything's good because we invest so much into our fields as coaches, obviously. And, but it's it's a special place. Uh, you know, we've got a great hitting facility up there, which is about 5,000 square feet. Um, we used to have a clubhouse until uh, yeah. as we came back from that, or just before our 2021 season, it, it, the cadet heater ended up um, sparking. And next thing you know, I'm, we left practice 20 minutes later, our, our clubhouse had burned down. But um, so other than that, it's a, it's a great facility. Um, we love it. It's been, it gets me in a little bit too much trouble sometimes up there mowing the field, but because <laughs> we do mow the whole thing. Um, but it's it's an awesome facility. It was really it was a funny thing this past spring. So we've been in the same league together now for four years. And now this year, uh, you guys added another high school over there in Bend. So it kind of changed the classification. So you moved to 5A. So we don't get to necessarily play each other at, on, a, on a league schedule basis anymore. But this past year we were. And it was really funny because it was a really wet spring over here on this side of the mountains. And so we, you know, any ground ball hit, any ball that hit the outfield just died. And then we go over to your place in May and it's like almost playing on a turf field, like with how hard the ground was, it was a, a stark contrast. So I can imagine for you guys going the opposite direction quite a bit too, is probably a little bit odd going from a playing surface that was pretty good, like pretty solid dry. And then coming over here all the time and playing and just, I mean, you're just playing in mud half the season over here, basically. Yeah. This spring was, man, it was brutal. Um, you know, for the listeners that don't know, Ben, we're, you know, we're right at the, we're only 20 minutes from the base of Mount Bachelor. So we're about 3,600 in elevation. Mm-hmm. And then in that spring, that, that wind kicks in and it is just cold. Yeah. Um, and so, and then being in a league with Salem, we're two and a half hours away from you guys on a yellow bus going over a mountain range. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> these double headers on the Saturdays, it was trying to make these, these calls before, you know, is your field going to be playable? And you're oh trying gosh, to make it at 7 a.m. It was just, it was hard and it was, you know, just mentally exhausting. Um, but we, we loved, I know I, all of us coaches over here and Ben, the, the other two, um, coaches we talked, we, like, we loved being in that same, that league with you guys. It was just so competitive. Um, just getting to meet all you guys. And, um, so we're, we're definitely going to miss it. Not, won't miss the double header Saturdays, but yeah, uh, the travel will be a lot less. Um, and I know we'll get you guys for a, for a yeah. Saturday. So continuing that relationship, but no, it was, it was, our field is hard. It was, <laughs> and then going over there, like you said, it's, it's, it's wet. So you guys was, started was time. in 2016 when you were there, uh, we actually ended up becoming head coaches about the same time. So we've been, at our programs the same amount of years was kind of cool. And I glad we got to cross paths. You're, you know, when you first took over there uh, at Mountain View, I think you'd mentioned me like 25, 30 guys at tryouts. And then obviously this past spring, almost 60 players, which is, which is unreal. So we're looking at a, 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 you know, period of seven years or so where the program has completely changed, right? You were the fifth head coach in seven years. And now, You've been the same kid, you know, you've been the same guy there for like the same amount of sp- time, right? And the, the numbers have doubled, almost tripled in terms of how many people want to be a part of the program, right? So what do you attribute these changes to? Like, what have you been doing there to take the program from where it was to obviously the, the new heights that it's reaching? It, it hasn't been easy, but what's been great is just the people around it. I mean, you know, I'm... I'm the head coach, but the, all the people just doing all the work behind the scenes. It's, it's all them. Just, I'm so blessed to have the coaching staff one that have been invested in it. Um, and then just from day one, when we first took over, I knew I was, you know, it's a five year or uh, fifth head coach in seven years. 
these, these kids just need some stability. And, you know, I knew I wasn't, I was, I wanted to be there, be here for a while. And, uh, so one of the first things we did was, uh, we started our junior coop program, just trying to, just trying to keep our kids that, um, were in our district in our boundary to, to go to Mountain View. Cause if I went to our, uh, head football coach and our head basketball coach, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do my part. Cause I know anybody that's a basketball, baseball kid or a football, baseball kid that they're probably going to choose one of the other two high schools than coming here because the baseball program's kind of, mm. it's not a lot of stability. So, um, so we started a junior coop program. Um, that thing is rocking and rolling and that has changed our, you know, our success and consistency at the high school. And so that's been amazing. Uh, last year we were third through eighth grade. Uh, we never intended to be, have that many teams, 16 last year, but we wanted the sixth, seventh and eighth is kind of where we wanted to be very consistent in having those. And, um, cause in our district, it's, you, you can, um, you can have area change requests and you don't just because you're in a Mount view zone doesn't mean you, you have to go there. You can, you can go to summit or bend high, um, and now Caldera, which is the fourth high school. But so that first year was just getting the junior coop program rolling and, uh, and a booster program trying to, the main goal with that was to have raise money, try to, um, upgrade all of our facilities. And I don't know if you remember, but our field was just third base there was a huge hump it was just so yeah. unlevel yeah. um back in the day and, and so we completely renovated that so we got the boosters rocking and rolling in the and the, the main thing is kind of stemming back from how do we eliminate when there's turnover how do we eliminate it from just losing you know the consistency so when i leave as a head coach someone just steps in and it just you know it just keeps going uh same thing with our booster president once once he leaves um, someone steps in and we, we keep that consistency and same thing with the junior coup coordinator. So that's been, man, that's been a game changer for us. And, and we're starting to reap the benefits of all that hard work for, from so many. And then just, uh, we have so many parent involvement who just, the previous head coach, he was an awesome coach. He was very, we're going to do it my way. I don't want a lot of parent involvement. I have a different approach where, you know, these parents, you know, they understand the boundary between, kind of, um, just understand that boundary between coaching and, and wanting to help. So, cause the parents, they, they want what's best for their kids. And, you know, how can you, how can you make this program better from, from kind of out outside the fence? And, uh, so had a lot of, a lot of commitment from great, great parents and it's, it's been, it's been awesome. So wearing all those hats at first was a lot, <laughs> um, again, kind of gets you in trouble cause you're doing so much, so many meetings outside of the season. And then, so I had to wear it a little bit with my, <laughs> from my wife and asking for get out, get out of jail free cards a lot of times, but, um, the right people have come in to the picture and they've just, man, they've just taken off with it. And so it's been, it's been amazing. Kind of had a similar experience here at South. Like we had, uh, we don't really have a youth program. And so we, kind of probably about 2018 was our first year of it. And now it's, it's been awesome. Now, like you said, we starting to see the benefits on the backside of like these kids who have played three or four years in the youth program are coming in now as freshmen. And it's pretty cool to see um, kind of a similar thing with a booster club type scenario. And it's kind of cool because like you said, like early on, it's a lot of work. And you know, like I've had people, you know, like DM me before on Twitter, like, Hey, how'd you set up your youth program? It's like, well, you just <laughs> you have to just do it like and be willing to be the person in charge and find the right people. And then eventually like you can hand the keys off and like you're saying, it makes life really easy. Whereas now I haven't, I don't really hardly ever attend our youth baseball meetings and board meetings because they've got it all handled. And I don't have to worry about the, the booster club stuff because I have reps for that. And it's like, it just, it becomes this system that works really well. But like you said, you kind of got to put the work in on the front end to make sure that all the systems are in place to make it work to where I love what you're saying about like the turnover when you leave or someone else leaves, like the next person steps in and we keep going rather than having to start this whole thing all over again. Absolutely. And there's been so many benefits too that I just didn't realize is, you know, when these, these youth programs are going to, they're all going to the same tournament. So now all the parents are kind of um, getting to know one another. It's not just within the, their grades. And so that was kind of a, a surprise that I didn't expect. And, and uh, the other thing is you can, you can kind of, like I tell my 
coordinator, I go, rule number one is just, just make sure the kids love it more on the last day than the first day. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's not burn them out. Let's encourage them to keep going to other practice or doing other sports and, and just, you know, just developing them, learning different positions, um, protecting their arms. Uh, that's one of the things with these, you know, for us, all these tournaments are in the week on the weekend. They're, they're, they have no choice, but to cram them all in two days, three to four, three to five games in two days. And that just, um, eats at arms. So, you know, we can teach our, or have our coaches, Hey, don't, don't chase the wind. Just, you know, develop different pitchers. Don't, don't worry about <laughs> throwing them 70 pitches one day. And then just because the way that the tournament runs is they still have two, two innings, um, available, just shut them down, let someone else, uh, try to step up into that position. So, cause it'll, it'll benefit the kid in the end. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a great, great ride. And, you know, we, we set it up to where we only have one field at our high school, but, mm-hmm. um, we try to intentionally have that crossover that when we're, we're done with our practice, that those, that eighth grade team, the 14 U team is crossing over after us. And just that little kind of Hey, how's it yeah. going? You guys type deal. And it's very little, but goes a long ways and just having them connected and seeing what kind of what their future is, is going to look like. So I'm, I'm just trying to picture for you guys, what practice looks like. So I'm, I'm running from it. So we have two fields, which is works out fine in cages. So it's a pretty simple, easy thing to do. How do you structure just like think of high school, not even the youth stuff yet, but how do you structure practices for your program when you have a lot of players, which is a great problem that you've created for yourself, uh, but only one field to work with. Yeah, it's been a lot of growing pains, obviously, in trying to find the best system and make it all work. Um, so back in 2019, that's when I just lost. I told you the mm-hmm. last year's seniors were they were they were an awesome group um, and pretty talented. So when they came on when they came in 2019, uh, we just we had the. Um, I had them with, we only had two teams. So I wanted those guys practicing with our older kids and just trying to develop them. Um, cause our graduating class of 2019 had a lot of good leadership too, uh, and just hard workers. So we practiced together JV and varsity and just the growth that they, the freshmen had, um, who were mostly our JV and the growth there was just we saw so many benefits from it and now actually we, we keep our JV with us at, um, so varsity JV practice together. And then our freshman group. Now they, they go off to our, uh, um, parks and rec field, which is a couple miles away. So it's definitely hard. Um, that's the one thing I just tell the parents right up front. I go, I get it guys. Freshman can't drive going off camp off off site for another baseball field it's i've I've done everything trying to get transportation um it's just not available so it's it is what it is and it's been that way for a long time so what it um so just it's it's not easy but the benefits that we've had with our our jv varsity practicing together and sometimes we'll, we'll go our different ways too um we'll either we'll go into the field house and hit in there uh or jv will and we'll we'll take the field but no, it's, it's been great. Um, a lot of good things have happened by that. When you look at like philosophies of coaching, when you took over back in 2017 versus where the program is now, and you kind of look back at uh, who you were as a coach at that time, is there anything that kind of jumps out at you that maybe you're like, ah, maybe I was doing that one thing wrong, or maybe I could have been doing this one other thing a little bit better uh, when you kind of first took over at Mountain View? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the kind of the rules, um, mm. program rules and stuff like that, yeah. where I had them so, so clamped down. I'm like, man, I'm kind of backing myself in the corner sometimes. So yeah, kind of made it a little bit more open-ended. Um, but the kids, you know, they know the expectations, they know, they know what's expected. Uh, kind of like your program, we have our, we have our five pillars, um, mm-hmm. and what we go by. And so we, we try to stick to that, just try to um, try to do things the right way. One of the things is, you know, the difference between right, you know, the difference between wrong, try to do right. But, um, so that was kind of a big thing was not making it so, so it's, it's gotta be this way and just kind of a little bit more. All right. So this, you, you did screw up, but let's, 
let's let's try to correct it. You're maybe you don't start this game, but um, so that was a big one that that I learned as a younger coach is don't back yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that bring, it reminds me of one that uh, I kind of inherited and kept going, which was when I first took over. It was. Um, if you're if you're not at practice the day before a game, you don't play in the game. And I had that as a rule. But then uh, there's an issue that came up is I didn't really our school is an IB school. So we have a lot of kids that take IB tests and some mm-hmm. of the IB tests will last a long time. And so we had a, our starting shortstop miss an entire practice the day before a game because he was taking an IB test. And I'm like, well, this isn't going to work right? because <laughs> like no. on paper, the rule I had written was if you're not there, you don't play the next game or start the next game. But this is obviously like, why should we he be punished for that? And we're going to punish our team and our pro. So it's like, okay, so yeah, taking taking some of those rules away. I think you kind of have to go through that as a coach. But like taking some of those rules away and maybe being more, like you said, pillar based or just be more open minded about things. And you don't back yourself into these corners where all of a sudden it's like, well, I have to sit you now because that's what the piece of paper says that I wrote, you know, seven <laughs> months ago, and this sounded like a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was one where it was bef- uh, the head coach before me where, you know, if you had an F or kind of below a 2.0, you were, you know, you needed to finish up your homework um, before you got to come to practice. Mm. And uh, so I kind of implemented that when I first took over. And then I'm, after a while, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm, we're not teaching them time management. Like now they're doing <laughs> right. homework on during practice when they should be learning how to do time management where, okay, you're going to practice. You're not going to play in a game because you have an F or you're, you're below that 2.0 line. So, uh, so I've kind of, that was another one that I've, I've changed and kind of rethought like, what, what was I doing? What are a couple of the, the pillars you've put together? <clears throat> so we, I kind of went based off of, and it's, I didn't implement this right away. It's kind of, I'll, I'll start doing this once I kind of have a bigger grasp of the direction we're going on. Um, what are, what are programs kind of becoming? Uh, so one of them is, uh, I I did five pillars just because it, you know, home plate's got five sides to it, Mm -hmm. trying to stick to that. Um, but, uh, one of the pillars is it's commitment. Uh, like I, I said earlier, it's, we're, we're able to go three days a week in the fall, um, for six hours. Uh, So we're, we're there practicing and maximizing what we can do. And, and then, same thing will happen in the winter after the, after the new year. Uh, so it's a lot. And we'll, with all the fundraising, uh, we fundraise mm-hmm. a lot and that is, and that is 365 days a year. So it's, um, it's nonstop. And we're asking these kids to do stuff, uh, during the middle of football season. And, and so that, and they've, they've been awesome about it and just, but the commitment to just the community and giving back to community and stuff like that. Uh, another one is, as I was just talking about the academic piece. So academics is one of our pillars is, um, not necessarily being a 4.0 student or, or, you know, like even a three, five, like I, I pat that kid on the back that, you know, he's putting in the effort just to get like a 2.8 GPA season B's and uh, more so than the kid that where it just comes easy and he's slacking. So, um, and just, and with that is the, you know, always willing to learn be coachable. Uh, same thing with the coaches. That's what we expect out of coaches continue to learn this game. Cause there's, it's, there's so much more to learn about baseball than, than what we know. Uh, another one is perseverance. So baseball's extremely hard game. Uh, it's a lot like life where there's gonna be a lot of failure. It's just, it's, it's learning from that and, and learning how to break down those walls when things are tough. Um, cause it is such a grind. Uh, and, the fourth one is uh, selflessness. Um, how to how to be a good teammate. How to just you know look out for others. You know, be be a great student in the classroom. Um, be someone that's going to be there for someone else. Uh, pulling for your teammates. Set your teammate for success. So you know if they're if they're in the box, you know be the guy that sacrifices that at bat to, for the next guy to be successful. So it's just trying to, trying to be, um, just a great teammate. And then the last one's just, you know, coming to coming together as a family, uh, in the spring, as, as you, you know, and a lot of these coaches know that we, we see our, 
our uh, student athletes a heck of a lot more than we see our own families at home when yeah. we're in season. And so uh, it's just, it's, you know, it really is family. And I, I think those kids is my own, you know, they're, they're going to be annoyed with me and I'm going to be jumping them at times. And, but, and just kind of bringing everyone together, even the, even the uh, alumni and the junior Cougs kind of, that's why it's, it's been, it's been a fun ride so far is bringing all those guys back together and just reminiscing. So that's kind of what we, we've been uh, going by and trying to do it to the best of our ability. Like with commitment and specifically fundraising, it is a year-round thing. <laughs> it is. Oh, man. Uh, if I could choose anything to get rid of in high school sports, it would be fundraising and just give us the money we need to get the job done, and that would be fantastic. But it's not reality, and maybe there's something good that comes from the kids learning how to work for the stuff that we have and you know the, the dreams that we have and how much better we want the program to be even maybe after we've already graduated from it. But with, with fundraising specifically, what are some of the fundraisers you guys do that you've had some good success with? So we, we fundraise a lot. It's yeah, me too. And uh, <laughs> we, we've done a really good job of being able to raise money. Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of, even our admin and people on campus, they're like, well, where, where, how'd you already spend $10,000? I go, well, we just spent 10,000 oh in, in dirt. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I can, we could spend That's that really, exactly. really quick in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, baseballs. I mean, $70 a dozen oh, or gosh. $80 now. So, uh, for fundraising, you know, we do your sign sales, uh, for that we, cause we go to Arizona every year or we have been for the past couple of years. And, uh, we, we do outfield signs for that, trying to encourage kids that are going to be on that team that when we do booster stuff, it's not like they're fundraising just for the varsity to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. So we, we do the sign sales on the outfield fence for, for the kids that are uh, going to Arizona. Uh, one of the big ones that we do is we do a uh, uh, silent auction, and that last year brought us in. We profited about forty thousand dollars from that. Uh, so it was it is a lot of work, but when we first implemented that, it wasn't so much just yes, we wanted to bring in some money, but it was kind of bringing everyone back together trying to establish the alumni coming back, um, get the junior Cougs and then the, and then our current, uh, kids in the program, just all in the same place for one night for, for an awesome cause and try to try to develop those relationships. And, you know, we have a lot of people that have been successful that have come from Mountain View and, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can make connections with some of the players and maybe they can go work for them one day and just kind of build that, that network. But, um, so the silent auction has been awesome. Um, and uh, we we did pretty well last year with that. We actually stole that one from Bend High, so Bend Highs they got that thing dialed in, and uh, we're we're slowly getting there. So, but that's a fun one. Uh, and then, you know, one of the easiest things to do has been the uh, the snap raise, the emails where everyone has to yeah, go no emails. And it's just been the, yeah, it's, it takes about twenty minutes to do, and you're done. And it's one of the easiest fundraisers. So. Those are kind of the main ones that we've we've been involved with, but uh, yeah, baseball programs. We there's a lot of money that uh, gets spent. Yeah, I have in my in my classroom. It's kind of the staging ground. So like when we get like a shipment of like you know two boxes of baseballs for practice, I have my student aides like stamp them all with our little logo. <laughs> and so my classroom's constantly just full of stuff like baseball boxes that have come in and other kids will be like, what is, what's, what's in there? Like baseballs. And they're like, Oh, can I have one? I'm like, hey, if you give me 10 bucks, I'll give you a ball. I'm like $10. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm like, you're looking at these two boxes, like $2,500 of baseball sitting in these boxes right now. Like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then one of my aides is a, a softball player and they don't do a whole lot of fundraising. They're kind of a fortunate in that way where they've got some good stuff already set up for them. And she's like, you guys are doing another fundraiser. And I'm like it's so we're always fundraising. Like we're always, we'll do anything for money. Like just, oh, we yeah. need it all the time because there's just, it just never ends. And then if you want to have a successful program, you need, you need stuff for development, but then you also need stuff for the field. And then you need stuff to replace like baseballs to be replaced again. And then you need turfists and then like a, you need a pitching machine and then those balls get ruined. You need new bait. Like it just, it never ends for baseball. And so finding cool ways to make money is awesome. The silent auction uh, is that, so is that like a night that you put together with where you like serving a meal and stuff that people pay for? 
and then they also you know do the silent auction in addition to that yeah so we we asked the kids to go um procure about two hundred dollars worth of items mm. um, so you're talking like golf courses around here which are you know phenomenal oh, yeah. so i mean if they get a you know around a four from a golf course they've they've easily accomplished that but um and just trying to so they, they go out and procure uh, two hundred dollars worth of items uh and then we ask them to go sell four seats as well and then having done that uh they'll they'll get kind of their swag um, package for free mm-hmm. um so i mean talk about there there was eight thousand dollars right there <laughs> But, I tell um, this. So when in the COVID year, when we all got shut down, uh, mm-hmm. I handed out, I handed out all of our swag, you know, our shirts and socks and everything the day before everything got shut down. And I'm like, that was a, like, that's like a $7,000 mistake. If I just waited one more day, could have saved it all for the next year. I did the same thing. Uniforms, hats, <laughs> no. just all that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm not getting that back for a while, but no. So, but yeah, no, uh, the sound, and then we have, uh, one of the parents, he, he has a food truck here. He, he donates, uh, all the, all the dinner. Um, so it's just a fun night and like some of the parents have been heavily involved with auctions before, so they, they know what they're doing and you know, they're, they're telling me that they're doing this. I have no idea what they're talking about. And then I went and saw it. We did a paddle raise. Um, mm, yeah. and, uh, I had no idea what it was. And so we're like, okay, we're, we're going to paddle raise for, uh, for the new hack attack machine. And so does, so they ask anybody want to pay full price for it? No one raises their hand. So he's like, all right, thousand dollars. And then just paddles went up left and right. Yeah. And he goes, wow. Okay. How about two hack attack machines? And we had that within the same <laughs> amount. And then, okay. How about new baseballs? And it was just like, wow. So it was, it was a fun night and just, you know, we do it at the Ben Delks field house. So uh, all the alcohol, you know, that we, you do well with that. And then obviously yeah. with the liquid courage to where parents and, and alumni are wanting to, you know, open their pocketbooks a little bit more. So, so it, it's, it's, it's just a good night. Does uh, Richie Sexton donate anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually, uh, he does his, cause he's the head coach at Summon, obviously, um, or was, I don't know if you heard, but he's, he's taken on a gig out in the independent ball out in Chicago, yeah, Illinois. So that. he's going to be, he's going to be involved still with summit, um, high, but, um, he'll, he'll cut out a little early this year, but, uh, no, he, he's an, he's an awesome dude though. It's, it's fun hanging out with him. He is a big man. He's large. I remember the first time when we were in the league together, we went to summit's place and went to shake his hand. It's like, Oh, just, it could have, he could have shaken both my hands and he'd still yeah. have left, he'd still have more <laughs> of his it. hand left over after that's crazy. Yeah. So I mentioned working at St. Francis School for a year, you know, which is right across the street from Mountain View years ago. And they did their auction. And I remember going to it thinking like, oh, this would be kind of fun. And same thing, like it's the first like auction type thing I'd ever really gone to. And yeah, there's just like paddleways. Who wants to give us like $5,000 for like you get nothing from this. Just you get five, you know, just give us money. And people are like raising their paddles. And I'm like, what is this? What's happening right now? Like, it's just it's crazy. Uh, but when you get people together who... I guess kind of like believe in what you're doing and and feel some level of connection to it. I think it makes a huge difference. So the silent auction thing is awesome. That's great. I mean, there's a they do a dessert table. And and again, I had no idea what, what this was until I actually saw it, but it's you know, people make desserts. There's about six desserts that um some of the parents made and each table bids on a dessert and like I mean, there was I mean, pumpkin pie going for five hundred dollars. I'm like, wow. So crazy yeah it's man it's a, a good way to make money it, it's awesome and and they're there for they're there to to help out the program and um so it's just it's it's great and like you said too like the network part on the back end is pretty cool too because now you have this network of people that you've you've probably met you've interacted with at some point they've obviously found some sort of value in what mountain view is doing and then in the long run hopefully that does two things right hopefully one like you said maybe it turns into players getting you know jobs or offers or who knows what down the line but then also that turnover piece again like if you're gone or if you know the booster club presence gone or whatever it might be there's this network of people still there willing to help out regardless of maybe who the personnel is that's involved they're they're there to help mountain view baseball and i think that's a really powerful thing it is and and it's just you know it's it didn't just happen overnight obviously it's taken a lot of um a lot of commitment from a lot of different individuals and you know we may have not been very good and 
2017 and 2020 was kind of the year we were, that was going to be the change um, <laughs> for us. Obviously COVID hit and we had to wait an extra year, but uh, even I, I still reference the, the t- class of 17, class of 18 and 19, because one of the best compliments I, I always give them is we weren't playing for anything on that last day, but they came and prepared as hard on that last day than they did the first day. And, and uh, it, it says, it says a lot about um, those kids and those classes that built the foundation uh, for us to grow off of. Um, so that's, you know, I never let, uh, let that be forgotten. So, cause they're, they're such a big part of our success that we're able to to see today. I can attest to that. I remember in, in 2019, it was our last league series. And so we had to, we hosted you guys for double header and had to beat you in both games to like secure the, uh, the league title that year. And, uh, I remember the, I can't remember the scores of them, but I remember the, the first game being really close. And then, you know, like we had mentioned earlier off air, one of our, our pitcher that was going to start the second game was hurt. You know, he got hurt the first game. And there was like that level of like, this is going to be a problem getting into game two. Cause you're like this, this is a group of players that doesn't realize that they're not playing for anything other than just like, they're just like, they don't roll over. They weren't just going to give up the game. Like it was, I remember it being a moment of like momentary panic of like, all right, we have to really earn this thing now. Uh, which I think is a huge testament to to that group because it's really easy. And I've been on teams like this before where you get to that last game of the year or last series of the year, and you're not playing for a playoff position at that point. And it's really easy to just kind of show up and, and be done with it and walk away. And, you know, to their credit and your credit, your guys didn't do that. And then obviously, you know, COVID happens. But uh, from there on, your your team has had quite a bit of success. And then this last year kind of culminated in what I can imagine was a really cool moment when you guys hosted the first home playoff game there in over a decade. So it was a fun experience for everyone involved. Um, fans, students, obviously the kids. Um, a lot of energy, big crowd. So it was it was a lot of fun. Jumped out to a good start. Uh, went one, two, three in the bottom, or the top of the first, and then came up to bat with, uh, got up to a early 2-0 lead with a um, two-run home run. And we were feeling good about ourselves, but a lot of ball game to be played. And uh, Lake Oswego, the team we were playing, they just happened to be the better better team that day. And um, I think we jump-started them because, you know, they play in a really tough league. They finished fifth, but, you know, they they handled us and they went on to beat one of the best arms in Oregon mm-hmm. in the next round. So, but all in all, you know, take away a, a lot from it and, we were there and it gives you a lot more, you know, makes us hungry for the next one. You mentioned earlier that you have, you know, you had a really good group of, of older guys and, you know, obviously a lot of them graduated and this year the the challenge is a little bit different. So during the off season, I don't know if there really is an off season as a coach, but like during that time after the season ended, as you kind of looked forward into the spring of 2023, what do you guys need to do? Uh, in order to feel like you're going to be successful on the field this spring? Uh, our, we have a really good group of uh, juniors this year who are, you know, lo- most of them would have been starting for us uh, any other year, especially um, in those earlier years. But so they, they had a, you know, they, they did a really good job as at the JV level this year where, you know, we finally had a log jam at the varsity where we could backfill um, our lower programs. Uh, so it'll, it'll look a lot different this year. Um, last year we had, you know, we had a little bit more power with our, with the offense and, but this year will be a little bit different with, um, just trying to find, find our identity. And, and, and that's, that's okay. You know, we may not be as offensive this year, but we'll be scrappy. Um, we just got a lot of, a lot of kids with high IQ, um, just solid, solid high school baseball players. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We, we should have a lot of success this year. Uh, dropping down from six A to five A—that's a—that's a big drop. Because uh, I know how big of a jump it was when we went from five A to six A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it will be interesting. It, it's kind of a, a weird thing in Oregon, you know. Like every four years, they kind of reclassify things, and uh, it's mostly based off of student population. So. Because you guys added that another high school now, you're up to four high schools in the area, and so the, the things kind of change, and all three of those schools now drop down to five A. But 
all three of them were phenomenally successful at 6A, uh, especially at baseball. And so it's kind of a bizarre time. We also had the, the Canby High School, which played in the 6A state championship game this past year. They also are moving to 5A. It's a weird kind of environment. And then you add on the fact that you guys are in Bend. So it's kind of been this isolated group of three for a long time. And kind of like, where are they going to fit in? Where are they going to move to? So you'll have a somewhat more local schedule. What's the like feeling around Bend, or at least around Mountain View High School, about the change to 5A? Uh, it's been good. Uh, you know, everyone's, like I mentioned earlier, it's just, it's going to be a lot less travel as opposed to going two and a half hours for a league game. Um, the furthest we'll go is up to Redmond, which is 20 minutes away. So yeah. uh, that's going to, that'll be a big change. Uh, for me personally, I loved being in 6A, being with all the, you know, the big boys, uh, being in the Portland area, Salem, Eugene. It was just, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and it was, it was, a, it was a good, great challenge for all of us trying to grow the program and try to, trying to do it in 6A. Uh, it taught us a lot, but overall, uh, I know, I know all the coaches around here, we, we enjoyed 6A. We're kind of bummed to go down to 5A, but uh, I know Mountain View was, we were one of the smallest uh, 6A schools. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're one of the bigger 5A schools. So, but it'll be it'll be a different challenge and the great thing is we can continue to schedule you guys and and uh play those play those games yeah i'm excited you'll get to come over here in this next april and i'll probably text you at six in the morning and have to decide whether the field is (laughs) wet enough or dry enough to play we played we hosted bend this this last year in uh, bend high school in um in one of those saturday double headers and we were having our you know, year year so late because of COVID, uh, 30th anniversary of the South Salem only baseball state title team that ever was from 1991. So it was this huge celebration and there were, you know, hundreds of people coming and, and kind of taking part in it and having this huge alumni gathering and barbecue and, and ceremony. And so we were very motivated to play the game. And uh, that morning, it, it just poured all night. The field was soaked and we dumped about $7,000 worth of turfus yeah. on the field. <laughs> Um, and you know, I had texted Quinn at the head coach over there and told him we're, we're going to play. And he came over and we, we somehow got both games in, uh, but it was a muddy mess <laughs> and, uh, we were both really motivated just scheduling wise as near the end of the year, we had to get these games in cause we, there's no other way we'd finish them. And it was, it was crazy, but I, I won't miss that part of it all the time, but yeah, <laughs> we'll at least get to play each other once this year. Yeah. Cause <laughs> We uh we we got caught going over to Sprague, and yeah. uh, and uh, on a Saturday, got over there just downpoured. Uh, the field was already pretty wet; couldn't afford any more. And you know, right at the home plate meeting, it just it just started coming down. And so we're back on that bus, never threw a pitch, and had to come back o- had to head back over there on a Wednesday. So parents were uh, parents were pretty happy about that one. Yeah, it'll be nice to to let that part go. Uh, <laughs> kind of wanted to <laughs> circle back and kind of finish here. Um, you know, you've been you've been coaching for a while now, obviously, and and you've been able to see the growth at Mountain View and from afar, and then also from close by. It's been really cool to see, and uh, excited that you guys are continuing on this upward trend, and um, you're you're uh, kind of becoming a, a baseball powerhouse of sorts, just like. You know, for a long time, Ben and Summit were the two. And and then obviously, since you've taken over, you've really taken that program and, and brought a lot of people along with you to help kind of revitalize it and take it to new heights. But, you know, outside of the, the baseball aspect of it, when you think of high school sports themselves and like what the value is in it and what their their role or their goal should be, um, what do you kind of think it, it is? What's what's the point of high school sports if you're trying to explain it to people as to why why you think this thing's important? I feel like it's a lot of growth. Um, you know, we're, we're taking 14 year olds all the way through 18 and there's a lot of, there's a lot of maturity that happens in that time and in development <laughs> and, uh, just, you know, always keeping in the back of my mind that, you know, 90% of these kids are not going to play sports at the next level and just how do we better them for, to be successful. So when they go into that interview, and competing for that job, how can, how can we help them be more, um, more ready than, than the person they're competing against for, for that job? Uh, and just, just learning to take pride in, in doing things the right way and taking the time to do it the right way. So it's just understanding 
just how important details are, paying attention to those little things, um, showing up for practice on time. And if you're not going to be at practice, it's making sure they, they take accountability for themselves. And I don't want to hear from your parents. That's great. Your parents are going to reach out to me, but I want to hear from you because if you can, if you can advocate for yourself, text, Hey, I'm not going to make practice today. I know that's not an easy conversation or easy thing to tell a coach because you know, there may be repercussions with that, but if they can do that and, and, and take that ownership, then as a teacher, I know that they can go talk to their teachers, you know, about missing assignments or, you know, how can they do better and get that extra help and just learn how to advocate for themselves. Same thing with, um, with all the fundraising is I don't want your parents doing it. I want you guys going to sell the program and sell why this business should, should help us out, sell yourself. And, uh, so just having those conversations, cause it's not easy when you're that young. So, but I think it, it really helps once you do it, once you get in the used to it and then they start advocating for themselves a lot more and, and taking ownership, which is great. So, you know, they come up to me, like, when are you going to wash your pants? Well, my mom hasn't washed. I go, stop <laughs> right there. It's not your mom. I go, this is you. <laughs> so it's just teach. It's trying to teach them, um, the growth and, and how to be, how to be successful once they're out of Mountain View and out of our program and, and, and be better off than, you know, whoever they may be competing for jobs and, and even for, for school. Do you plan on coaching your kids when they get to high school or do you think you'll be done or do you think you'll try to avoid them? <laughs> it's funny cause they're, they're two different personalities. They're only eight right now, but, um, uh, Riley, my, he, he's, you know, he, he's got, he's good with coordination and, and, uh, he, he enjoys the sports where his brother, Rory, I, I call him the GM. He's more of a front office kind of guy. Uh, just <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll watch from the, from the sidelines. He, he enjoys more of the, the individual kind of sports, but yeah, I, I hope I get to coach him. Um, I coach everybody else's kid. I don't, uh, I'm so busy. I haven't, I don't get a chance to go help them with their youth, um, with the little league stuff. So, uh, hopefully I get that chance and cause it would, it'd be special just being at the, you know, they're at the field all the time. And so my, my assistant coach, he, you know, his kids at every single practice with us, you know, he's only 11 and, and that's important to, to us because it's, you know, he, he's sacrificing a lot of things for other kids or other um, parents' mm -hmm. kids. And so having his kid at all of our practices, it's, it's been amazing and, you know, it's, it's awesome for their relationship. And so I, I hope to have that with my own kids as well. Well, yeah, I hope you do too. And it's been fun. We've got uh, one of our assistant coaches, his son comes to all of our games and practices and serves as our bat boy. And it's, it's kind of been a blast and I think it's good for him. I think it's good for the kids and, and I've, I've definitely enjoyed it. Um, well, as you, as you kind of wrap things up today and prepare to head off to Hawaii while you're in the middle of a snowstorm over there in Bend, um, I, you know, I don't know if there's anything maybe we missed or anything you thought we'd get to, or, I don't know, shout outs or I don't, it doesn't matter, whatever it might be. Uh, just kind of hand the mic over to you one more time, right? Yeah, just all, you know, all the coaches with kids and families, it's, it, it's a big sacrifice. It's, you know, it's not just us that's, that's out there with all the hard work. It's, it's just a, you know, it's an appreciation for, for all the spouses because they, they really are the background of all these programs, whether it's cross country, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, um, it's a, it's a huge dedication and you know what i hope a lot of a lot of parents understand is it's it's the ones at home taking care of all the bills and um getting kids to practice and making sure you know our lives are straight at home so cuz we're, we're you know we're at the facilities for for so much of the time but um it's just they're always forgotten cuz they're behind the scenes but just you know big shout out to all those all the spouses that are significant others that that allow us to do what we do Agreed completely. That's a good one. Uh, Ryan, you're awesome. Uh, looking forward to have you uh, over here in April, assuming that the weather cooperates and uh, wish you guys the best of luck this year as you transition to 5A and uh, can't wait to see you. Hey, thank you so much, Max. You're, you're doing an awesome thing. I enjoyed listening to all your podcasts and, and learning from all the other coaches. It's, it's been a great thing. So appreciate you. 
Hey, fun fact, while recording that conversation, a snowstorm in Bend knocked Brian's power and Wi-Fi out. Thankfully, it recovered pretty quickly, and we were able to make it to the finish line. What he's done with Mountain View in such a short time, and in the face of two other local programs, Bend and Summit High Schools, with storied histories in baseball, it's one of the best success stories I know among baseball programs out here in Oregon. So tip of the cap to Ryan and the Mountain View program. If you aren't signed up yet for the weekly newsletter, or if you haven't picked up some High School Coaches Club stickers, you should definitely do so. Head on over to highschoolcoachesclub.com to get started. Don't forget to leave a rating or a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Most importantly, though, if you found any value at all from this episode or any previous episode, please share this on social media, via email, or through the old-fashioned word of mouth. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just find a way to bring a few more listeners in who might benefit. That's how we all get better, and that's how we grow the club. Huge fist bump to Coach Johnson for jumping on the call with me. Thanks again to Netting Pros for sponsoring the episode and to you for clicking that play button. If you have any recommendations for people who should be guests on the show, be sure to reach out to me, even if that recommendation is you. Follow the club on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at HS Coaches Club. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Max Price and can reach me via email, max at highschoolcoachesclub.com. All right, that's it. That's all I got. You're awesome. You matter. Thanks for all you do. And as Coach Lee would say, loving you.